Act One of the Nature Woman by Upton Sinclair. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Narrator read by Denny Sayers. Characters Oceana, the Nature Woman. Read by Elizabeth Clatt. Mrs. Sophronia Masterson of Beacon Street, Boston. Read by C.J. Ploke. Quincy Masterson, M.D. Her husband. Read by Todd. Freddie Masterson, her son. Read by Joseph Tabler. Ethel Masterson, her younger daughter. Read by Mary Kay. Mrs. Leticia Selden, her elder daughter. Read by April Walters. Henry Selden, Leticia's husband. Read by Larry Wilson. Remsen, a butler. Read by David Olson. The Nature Woman, Act One. Drawing Room of the Masterson Home, Afternoon in Winter. Scene shows a luxuriously furnished drawing room. Double doors, center, opening to hall and stairway. Grand piano at right, fireplace next to it, with large easy chair in front center table windows left and chairs at rise ethel standing by table a beautiful but rather frail girl of sixteen opening a package containing photograph in frame oceana oceana she gazes at it in rapture oh i wonder if she'll be as good as she is beautiful she must be Oceana to Remsen, an old white-haired family servant, who enters with flowers in vase. No message from my brother yet. Nothing, Miss Ethel. Look at this, Remsen. Takes photograph. Is that your cousin, Miss Ethel? Not she. Isn't she lovely? Yes, Miss. Is that the way they dress in those parts? The natives don't even wear that much, Remsen. It must be right warm there, I fancy. Oh, yes. They never know what cold weather is. What is the name of it, Miss Ethel? McCurry. It's in the South Seas. It seems like I've heard of cannibals in those parts. Somewhere. Yes, in some of the groups. But this is just one little island by itself. Nothing else for a hundred miles or more. And she's lived there all this time, Miss Ethel? Fifteen years, Rimson. And no folks at all there? Not since her father died. Shakes his head. <laughs> she ought to be glad to get home, Miss Ethel. She didn't seem to feel that way. Takes book and seats herself by fireplace. But we'll try to make her change her mind. Just think of it. She's been forty-six days on the steamer. Can it be possible, Miss? Wasn't that the street door just now, Remsen? I thought so, Miss Ethel. Moves to door. Oh, Mrs. Masterson. In doorway, a Boston Brahmin, aged fifty, wearing street costume, black. Any news yet, Remsen? None, madam. Master Frederick is at the dock? Yes, madam. Quincy Masterson enters, slightly younger than his wife, a dapper little man, bald and henpecked. No news from the steamer, my dear? None. Anything further, madam? Nothing. Exit Remsen. It'll be too bad if Oceana has to spend this evening on the steamer. 
have you taken to calling her by that ridiculous name also surely she has a right to select her name i was present when she was christened and so were you quincy for me she will remain anna talbot until the day she dies anna or oceana there's not much difference it seems takes paper and sits by window they do not see ethel weren't letitia and henry to be here letitia was but she's never on time there's the bell now looks at photograph <laughs> so ethel's had it framed i declare people ought not to be shown a photograph like that it's not decent my dear it's the south sea islands this is back bay oh letitia letitia enters aged about twenty-eight prim and decorous patterned after her mother black street costume with furs no news from the steamer it seems dear me such weather you didn't walk i hope no but even going into the stores i'm exhausted looking from paper henry coming he said he might drop in he's curious to see the lady hum no doubt mother i wish you'd try to do something with henry he's so restless and discontented he's getting to be simply impossible i'm going to talk to him to-day my dear fancy my going out and burying myself in the country and he means it he's at me all the time about it well don't go my dear don't worry yourself i've not the least intention of going such things as we modern women have to endure only fancy he's got an idea he wants to be where he can work with his hands henry ought to have discovered these yearnings before he married one of the mastersons as my daughter you have certain social obligations to fill your friends have a claim upon you quite as much as your husband he says he wants to take the bungalow and make it over wants to plan it and work at it himself and with me and the children sitting out on the mountain top in the snow until he finishes i suppose quincy do you know anything about this whim of henry's for a day laborer's life my dear henry's a big active man and he wants something to do but hasn't he his business i dare say there are things more thrilling to a man than commercial law cases and henry's been thinking for himself he says the law is a cheat yes i know i've heard all that and here we are just at this critical moment when the girl is coming and when he ought to be advising us about that will it seems to me my dear you've managed to choose your course without his aid i hope we shan't have to get into any quarrel with oceana we shall not if i can help it quincy we simply intend to be firm father we intend to make it clear that we are going to stand by our legal rights with no hard feelings for her personally rising from chair mother ethel mother this has gone just as far as it can go i felt all along that something like this was preparing my dear mother this concerns me as much as it concerns any one of you and i tell you you simply got to let me know about that will my dear do i understand that it is your intention to threaten to go to law unless oceana gives us a part of grandfather's property ethel i refuse it's perfectly certain that he hated you and mother and aunt letitia and me and freddie every one of us and that he hated us for years and years and that he left his money to oceana to spite us all that's precisely it ethel and i for one knowing that he hated me don't want his money and what is more i refuse to touch his money 
not being of age my dear you can't i am near enough of age to possess my self-respect and i refuse to touch one penny my child there are a good many pennies in a half million dollars and when you are of age ethel you'll appreciate i shall be of age two years from now and then i shall return to oceana every penny of grandfather's money that may have been gotten for me ethel it seems to me this is a strange way for a young girl to be speaking to her parents i can't help it mother i'm meek and patient i try to let you have your way with me in everything but this is a matter of principle and i can't let myself be sat on sat on is that your view of your mother's attitude towards you you know perfectly well mother that it's impossible for anybody to preserve any individuality in contact with you that as a matter of fact neither father nor leticia nor freddy nor myself have preserved a single shred of it grandfather said that to you himself the last time you ever saw him i know it or i've heard father say it a thousand times well it seems to me there's more than a trace of individuality in this present outburst ethel yes but it's the first time mother someone's coming turns to door oh henry henry enters a handsome powerfully built man smooth-shaven immaculate reserved in manner well has the sea witch arrived not yet freddy's gone to meet her with the limousine i see and the steamer it was to have docked two hours ago well that means that i won't see her till tomorrow evening i've got to run down to providence tonight what's the matter oh nothing important just a business matter that requires my presence make my apologies and good-bye my dear kisses leticia henry i wish you'd wait a moment what for my dear mother has something to say i want to talk to you about this idea of going to the country in the winter time oh there's no use talking about that mrs masterson i see i can't have my way so there's no more to be said i'm not the sort of man to sulk but such an idea henry for a delicate woman like leticia i know i know i'd have taken care of her but that doesn't interest her and of course i can't take the children away from her and there's not much fun in the country alone so what's the use i give up as i give up everything good-bye all exit i declare such a trial a husband he's lost his interest in life it's that new cook of yours leticia every cook is worse what he needs is some liver pills quincy you should attend to it rises well i'm going upstairs you'll stay to dinner leticia yes i want to lie down for a while and i'll beat myself a game of billiards exit with leticia and mrs masterson drops her book to floor springs up and paces the room oh if only i might change places with oceana if i could get away to some south sea island and be my own mistress and live my own life takes photograph oceana i'm wild to see you i want to see you dancing your sunrise dance and to your own music begins to hum the sunrise dance mm -hmm, mm -hmm, oceana oceana a step in the hall 
she turns freddy enters briskly a college boy about twenty-one overgrown narrow-chested good-natured and slangy ethel starts freddy where's oceana she won't get here till morning oh freddy they can't dock the steamer tonight there's some tangle at the pier did you go and see i telephoned about it i didn't want to wait in this blizzard i'm so sorry me too but there's no help for it so long as she doesn't miss tomorrow night did i read you what she had to say about that freddy takes letter from pocket i pray for fair weather so that i may get there to see the beautiful dancing there is nothing in all the world i love more my whole being seems to flow into the dance i send you the music of my sunrise dance that father composed for me you can learn it and i'll do it for you i don't know of course but father used to think i was wonderful in it and he had known all the great dances in europe it was the last thing i heard him play before you went out in the boat and i saw him perish before my eyes don't you think she writes beautifully freddy yes it's surprising oh yes her father was an extraordinary man henry says a musician and a poet they had books and everything apparently you'd think she'd be living in europe i see listen to this reads about my name i forgot to explain you see anna sounds like england or new england and i'm not the least like those places father used to see me as a little tot diving through the breakers and floating out in the sea with the snow-white frigate birds flashing by overhead and he said i was the very spirit of the island and the wild lonely ocean so he called me oceana and that's the name i've always bore it just fits my idea of her she goes on you mustn't be surprised at what i am you may think it's dreadful even wicked but at least don't expect anything like you've ever known before fifteen years with only cocoa palms and naked savages the boston varnish rubs off one but i'm going to try to behave i expect to feel quite at home i have pictures of all of you and a picture of the house i even have father's keys to let myself in with can you play your music ethel play it i could play it in my sleep opens piano the sunrise dance she sits and plays listen she plunges into the ecstatic part of the music freddy leans by the piano watching her she plays more and more enthralled the door opens softly oceana enters a girl of twenty-two superbly formed dark-skinned a picture of glowing health she is clad in a short skirt and a rough sailor's reefer with cap to match underneath this a knitted garment tight-fitting and soft no corsets she carries two extremely heavy suitcases and with no apparent effort she sets these down and stands listening to the music completely absorbed in it there is the faintest suggestion of the sunrise dance in her attitude oceana is trusting 
and yet with power of reserve throughout the action however vehemently she speaks she seldom really grows angry she does not take the game seriously enough on the other hand her enjoyment however keen never becomes boisterous her actions proceed from a continual overflow of animal health she is like a little child in that she cannot remain physically still for very long at a time she moves about the room like an animal in a cage her speech proceeds from an overwhelming interest in the truth regardless of all personality she never conceals anything and she never represses anything ethel finishes the music then turns and leaps up oceana turns oceana ethel embraces her oh my dear how glad i am to see you oceana but how did you get here i came on the steamer but it isn't docked they took us to another dock holds her at arm's length oh how fine you are and you you can play my father's music i'm so glad you liked the way i played it i liked it and so i know i shall like you and i'm so happy about it i wanted to like you but how big you are oh that's the clothes i got them in rio they're queer i guess but i only had a couple of hours and this is freddy they shake hands it's so good to be here how did you get from the dock i walked walked all the way of course i enjoyed it but in the storm i didn't mind that it's all new to me you see my dear think of it i've never seen snow before i was fairly crazy she pulls off the coat and throws it on one of the suitcases i must tell mother and leticia opens door and calls mother leticia oceana's here stoops to pick up the suitcases why what is it he moves them against the wall with a great effort you don't mean you carried those why yes from the docks oh dear me i didn't mind that well i be blowed he has fallen head over heels in love with her and whenever he is in her presence he follows her about with his eyes like one bewitched you aren't as strong as you ought to be you stay too much in the house here's mother aunt sophronia enters my dear anna kisses her upon the cheek i'm delighted to see you safe and leticia cousin leticia enters my dear cousin so glad you're here looking from one to the other as they eye her critically oh are you really glad to see me you must be you know for i've come so far and you've no idea how homesick i've been homesick my dear for that wild place you left but aunt sophronia that's my home and it's god's own dream of beauty yes my dear i dare say oh you've never been there or you wouldn't feel that way picture it as it is at this moment the broad white beach the sun setting and the clouds aflame the great green breakers rolling in the frigate birds calling the palm trees rustling in the wind and you don't have to wrap yourself up in clothes 
you don't have to shut yourself up in houses you plunge through the surf you dance upon the beach naked my dear girl oh oh that's so i beg your pardon it will take you a little while to get used to civilized ways oh no 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 i know all about that i know how it is father told me about boston my dear don't worry about me i'm really going to try to behave myself in every way i want to get the right sort of clothes you know i couldn't get them on my trip it's just as well my dear you'd best have us attend to that you'll need mourning for quite a while you understand mourning yes for your grandfather but my dear aunt sophronia i couldn't possibly wear mourning no no i couldn't do that astonished why not in the first place i never mourn but your own grandfather my dear but i never knew him aunt sophronia i never saw him in my life even so my dear hasn't he left you all his fortune but am i supposed to mourn over that why i'd naturally be happy about that oceana but surely wouldn't you be happy about it my child one is not supposed to set so much store by mere money but aunt sophronia money is power and isn't anybody glad to have power what else did i come here for i had hoped you had come home for some other things to see your relatives for instance here's father uncle quincy dr masterson enters my dear girl you have come embraces her why what a picture you are a very storm from the tropics my dear oceana i'm so glad to get here yes indeed i can believe it and a strange experience it must have been your first plunge into civilization yes uncle quincy it's been horrible horrible my dear in what way it's been almost too much for me really i could understand how it might feel to be sick why what did you see everything it rushed over me all at once the people their dreadful faces and such noises and odors and sights i hadn't realized and then the saloons rows and rows of them it is ghastly my dear cousin mother and i contribute regularly to a temperance society but that hasn't helped has it i'm almost wild about such things they were the real reason i came home you know how do you mean they had got to my island they are turning it into a hell in what way why it's a long story i didn't write it would have taken too long two years ago there was a ship laid up and the crew found quite by accident that our island rock is all phosphate something very valuable for fertilizer it seems so they bought land from the natives and now there's a company and a trading post and all that and oh my people are going to pieces the natives you mean yes the people i have loved all my life and i've tried so hard i've pleaded with them i've wept and prayed with them but they're lost you mean rum i mean everything rum and cocaine and sugar and canned food and clothes and missionaries all civilization and worse yet aunt sophronia oh i can't bear to think of it what you wouldn't let me tell you what in a low voice imagine my people my beautiful people with the soft brown skins and the big black eyes and hair like the curtains of night they are not savages you understand 
they are gentle and kindly they ride the rushing breakers in their frail canoes they fish and gather fruits in the forests they dream in the soft warm sunshine they are happy they are carefree their whole life is a song and they are trusting hospitable the wonderful white strangers come and they take them into their homes and open their hearts to them and the strangers go away and leave them a ghastly disease that rages like a fire in their palm-thatched cabins that sweeps through their villages like a tornado and the women's hair falls out they wither up they're old hags in a year or two and the babies i've helped bring them into the world and they had no lips their noses were gone they were idiots blind anna talbot i must beg you to have a little discretion why should we hear about these things Oceana? my dear it comes from america the ships came from here there was one of them i saw the mary jane of boston mass no doubt among such low men men of vile life sailors no aunt sophronia you're mistaken it's everywhere isn't it uncle quincey you're a doctor you must know why to tell the truth tell the truth am i not right of course you're right freddy oh you know this is outrageous you mean you don't teach your children about it why she stares at them perplexed you don't understand our ways anna no no i don't i don't think i ever can you'd let some man come and make love to ethel and you'd never warn her they warned me to turn my toes out when i walked and not to eat fish with a knife if this conversation is to go on i insist that the children shall leave the room oh i'm awfully sorry aunt sophronia why i didn't mean any harm it's all so real to me she gazes from one to the other hoping for some sign of a thaw just think these were the people that i'd loved that i'd grown up with all my life i'd fished in their canoes i'd hunted with them and basked on the beach with them i'd watched the young men and girls dancing their love dances in the moonlit glades she pauses again oughtn't i to talk about that my dear girl stares at them a sudden idea occurs to her perhaps i ought to explain to you you're no doubt wondering i'm a virgin myself you know starting up oh oceana but weren't you thinking of that why of course not but aunt sophronia you know you were sputters oh oh you were thinking to yourself this girl's been playing around on the beaches with savages and what's been happening to her my dear niece i'm afraid you'll have to take some account of our civilized prejudices we simply don't say everything that we think springing up oh dear me i'm so sorry i didn't mean to make you unhappy oh i was going to be so good i was going to try to conform to everything why just think of it aunt sophronia in rio i actually bought a pair of corsets and i tried to wear them i oceana around my waist think of it she looks for sympathy i couldn't stand them i climbed to the topmast and threw them to the sharks but now it seems that you all wear corsets on your minds and souls never mind let's talk about something else i'm getting restless you see 
I'm not used to being in a room. It seems like a box to me. I can hardly breathe. The air in here is dreadful. Hadn't any of you noticed? Silence. Apparently nobody had. Would you mind if I opened a window? It is storming outside, Anna. Yes, but one can exercise and keep warm. Just a minute, please. She flings up a window. A gale blows in. Ah, oh, feel that. Mrs. Masterson, Leticia, and Dr. Masterson draw away from the window. This is simply outrageous. It is beyond all words. My dear, consider. I won't have that creature in my house a minute longer. My dear, be reasonable. Reasonable? Consider what is at stake. But what hope have we to get anything out of such a woman? We have some hope, I'm sure. If we... Didn't you hear her say she'd come home for nothing but the money? Yes, but at least she's honest enough to say it, Sophronia. And she's here as our guest. She wants to be friendly. Don't let it come to an open break with her. But how can we help it, father? It's just a matter of letting her talk. And what harm will that do us? But we can't lock her up in the house. And can we introduce her to our friends? Tomorrow night, for instance. We must manage it somehow. When we've once had an understanding with her, it won't take long to get the papers signed. And after that, we won't care. Control yourself, Sophronia, I implore you. Don't let your prejudices ruin us. Steals to them in agitation. Mother, can't you be good to her? You don't understand her at all. Coldly. Thank you, Ethel. To Freddy, who joins them. Can't you say something to them, Freddy? They treat her so badly. They hate her, Ethel. They couldn't understand her. Oceana takes deep breaths, expelling them in short, sharp puffs. What in the world are you doing? That's one of the yogi exercises. Haven't any of you studied the Vedantas? We are all Episcopalians here, Oceana. Oh, I see. She takes a deep breath and then pounds her chest like a gorilla. And pray, what is that? I'm just getting some of the civilization out of my lungs. A furious gale blows. Really, my dear, we shall have to leave the room. We'll all catch our death of cold. My dear Aunt Sophronia, nobody ever caught a cold from winter air. Colds come from overeating and bad ventilation. She closes the window. However, there you are. Now, let's have something beautiful, so that I can forget my blunders. Let's have some music. Will you play for me, Cousin Letitia? I don't play, my dear. What? Why, Father told me you played all the time. That was before my marriage. Oh, I see. <laughs> the music has accomplished its purpose. Stops, alarmed. Oh, I've done it again. Goes to Leticia. My dear cousin, believe me, I meant no offense. I'm never personal. I was simply formulating a principle of sociology. You have strange ways, my dear niece. Are you always so direct? So ruthless? That's the word, isn't it? That's what father taught me. Never to think about personalities. To go after the truth. He used to quote that saying of Nietzsche's, to hunger after knowledge as the lion for his food. Oh, you read Nietzsche, do you? How could you get such books? We had a government steamer from New Zealand three times a year, you know. That brought our mail. And your father permitted you to read these improper things? 
my father taught me to face the facts of my being my father was a fighter you know grimly yes i knew that life had hurt him some day you must tell me about it what it was that happened to him here in boston he never would talk about it but i've often wondered it must have been my mother what did she do to him before she died she pauses expecting an answer was it that she was just conventional like you she pauses again it must have been something dreadful he felt so keenly about it he burned it into my very soul his fear of civilization and here i am right in the midst of it i'm letting it get its claws into me i'm wearing its clothes she tears at them i'm breathing its air i don't believe i can stand it she paces the room restlessly my soul is suffocating as well as my body i must have something to remind me of the sky and the open sea and the great spaces i must go back again to my home to my island stretches out her arms to them appealingly oh can't some of you understand about it can't some of you take pity on me it's so strange to me so different from everything i've been used to aunt sophronia takes a step reluctantly my dear springing forward no no they don't understand they don't really care ethel but you ethel rushes and flings herself at oceana's feet clutching her dress take me with you take me away to your island turning to freddy and you won't you be my friend goes to her i will she holds out her hand to him he hesitates gazing at her awe-stricken may i may i take your hand why certainly with fervor oceana curtain end of act one